And Shooter is able to hold the zone. Shooter cuts to the middle for Minnesota. Drops to the trailing Zucker. On the backhand, they score! Eric Stahl on the beat from Zucker. Sealer able to filter it down for Erickson. That shakes away from Miller and Sullivan score! Marcus Foligno set up by Joel Erickson. Stahl. Stahl to the outside. Ryan Suter has room. There's Zucker. There's a goal! Jason Zucker! Donato into the corner. Suter centers for Parisi. He scores! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wild Takes Podcast. I'm Wegs. I'm here with journalist Jake, and we're excited to bring another episode and kind of keep you updated on what's going on with the Wild. So how's it going, Jake? How was your December? How was your New Year's? How was, uh, how's your life been lately? Well, uh, I'm, I'm just pumped to be here to talk more uh, Wild Hockey, a great old uh, state team here in the state of hockey. I mean, my, my New Year's was great. You know, I ended up in uh, downtown Minneapolis and got pretty trashed. I was probably up till like 5 a.m. honestly in the new year, and then I uh, had to go into uh, into work here in January, and it's getting a little busy. But I'm still here. I'm still manning it up here, and and uh, ready to talk some wild hockey. Did you I'm throw excited. up on New Year's? I did not. I'm surprised I didn't because I feel like I I drank a lot, mm-hmm. but. I, I get maybe maybe I'm just getting better. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting um, my stomach's getting stronger because I feel like it, the, how, the amount I did drink, I feel like I should have puked, but I didn't. So I am ecstatic that I didn't do that because it sucks when you puke. It and does. I feel like my, my hangover feels worse <laughs> if I puked the night before. See, um, I was with you two New Year's Eves ago, and uh. It ended up with you puking. Um, in your defense, in your defense, uh, we asked for some fireball shots to end to end the night off right, to start the new year off right, if you will, right? Um, Fireballs, my they, death. <laughs> well, yep. they bring us they bring us uh, fireball in quotation shots. We don't look at them, we don't smell them, we don't do anything. We're talking, we're having a good time. Um, we eventually decide, okay, let's do the shots. We don't look at it, we just straight back shoot them. Well, it's not fireball; it's just straight up whiskey. Jake and I were not prepared for that, but especially not you. No, that stuff will get me, and especially how much beer I was drinking that night. And, like, if it's Fireball or whiskey, like, that stuff is my kryptonite. I will puke. It just, it's like a bomb goes off in my uh, in my stomach, you know. It's 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 bad. I, I, nothing just mixes well. That's why I try to avoid Fireball. But usually when I get a little messed up, like on New Year's and someone just hands me one, I'll probably do it, but then the night won't end well. I'll end up, uh, you know, puking my guts out um, on the side of a driveway somewhere, and um, not feeling feeling too hot later in the night. The state of well, the wild. Well, let's move on to the state of the wild. This is where Jake and I are going to give our current thoughts about the current state of the Minnesota Wild. So, so far in the new year, the Wild are 1-0-1 with an overtime win and an overtime loss. It's looking all right, but overall, their record is 20-17-6. Jake, what's your thought about the current state of the Wild? The current state of the Wild is, is to me, is better than the start of the year, but still a little concerning how they've been playing lately in terms of 
consistency. I thought when they came on this road tri- or at this homestead here in the last week or two that they would come out on fire, being how good they played on the road. But they looked a little disappointing. They lost a couple games, and but you know they're still within uh, you know an arm's reach of, of of a wild card, and there's still a lot of games to play. So I'm excited where this team can do it. A lot of, lot can happen from here to March. I thought the way the season started that they wouldn't even be in this position to even be this close to a wild card. But I, I guess I'm. I guess I'm satisfactory with the state of the Wild team right now. Don't you kind of feel like the Wild are in some kind of NHL purgatory right now? Like they're not. I mean, they're not yeah. in a playoff spot, but they're they're close to one. But they're not too far away from one where it's like you know we're not we're not looking at like a number one pick or anything like that. And it's just like at this point, I I need something to happen. I either need the team to start winning more consistently and getting get for sure securing that playoff spot. Maybe Bill like be convincing enough so Bill Guerin can maybe pick up another weapon for the end of the season or something like that before the deadline. Who knows? Or they just need to start losing and tanking so this team can get better talent, right? Because we're just getting older. We're already one of the oldest teams in the NHL. Twenty seventeen and six is actually a great record considering that we started off the season four and nine and we ended October the worst team in the NHL. Um, November we were seven two and one. Uh, really helped us get back into things. December though. We were eight, six, and one. Jake and I will get into December in a second, but it just it just feels like we're definitely in hockey purgatory right now, you know? Yeah, we, I feel like we've been in that state for like the last like ten years, you know, like when we made the playoffs, you know, mostly as a wild card team in the last decade, and here we are again. They're 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 stuck in this area where they're just fighting for a wild card, where even if they make the playoffs, you know, they're and they go in there probably our one and done team there's they're stuck with that middle draft pick again getting some you know no name shitty player that no one really cares about because you want to be in the top five when it comes to hockey and they're in they're stuck in that same spot they've been in for the last i swear like 10 years in that place where okay maybe they could get a wild card but they're not going to have home ice advantage and they're going to play like the best team in the western conference or the league and so I'd rather see them. I'd rather see them make the playoffs than not. But it gets frustrating. Like they either make the make the playoffs as a wild card, but win a damn series or two, or start winning games here where you can at least get like you know compete for the central division. Because this is just get it just gets frustrating. Well, and here's the thing that's also frustrating with the wild card spot: the Minnesota Wild currently have an 11-4-4 record when they play at home. That's fucking an amazing record, like an amazing home record. But when they play away, they're a nine thirteen and two team. If the Wild make a wild card spot, <laughs> wild wild card, funny shit. But if the Wild make uh-huh. a wild card spot, uh, they're not gonna they're gonna be playing uh, four games on the road. If you know, if, if more games on the road than you know at home. And with their away record, that is absolutely terrifying. And it makes me not even want to make a wild card spot, you know, because, like, what's the point of making it if we're out in the first round again and we're back to where we started, you know, before Fenton, it feels like, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just it's that frustrating thing where they they are just good enough and average enough every year with, with the aging players they have that hold them back in terms of salary to go after some younger players that they just break into the wild card and, you know, because I think I think every team's goal, especially in the NHL, is okay. No, we're making the playoffs. You know, Bill Guerin's sitting there. And I don't think he's literally sitting there. Like, okay, let's tank the season. I think he's saying, oh, we got to make the playoffs, playoffs, because the end result of the playoffs, of course, is the Stanley Cup. So they feel any team that makes it, you have the opportunity to go and win a championship. 
But the way the luck of the Wild has gone, you know, especially yeah, the way their luck has gone and the way they've been playing on the road, you know, even in the past ten years, I mean, they're not gonna win. You know, they maybe win a first round series, but it's gonna be so tough with the players they have. You know, they gotta they gotta make you know a smart move for the trade deadline if they want to make the playoffs and make a run. So as of today, when we're recording it, it is January seventh. Um, so all of these standings are are of January 7th. Uh, Minnesota Wild are currently 5th in the Central Division. They are 4 points behind Winnipeg, and they are currently 2 spots out of a wild card um, spot, with Winnipeg currently holding the 2nd wild card spot. What do you think is going to happen, Jake? Do you see the Wild moving forward? Yeah, Winnipeg is... I don't know. Winnipeg and Dallas are are totally beatable teams. Like They're just kind of... I don't know. They, They... I mean, the I don't know. Central Division is is very balanced, but like the Wild have like tanked the beginning of the year, and I feel like that they've kind of drooped down a little bit here in the last week or two. And you still have Winnipeg just four points ahead of the Wild, and it's just like you guys can't like do anything here. Like they're just sitting at fifty and fifty two mm-hmm. points. Like they should be better. Well, than Well, Jake, that. too. Im- imagine good. imagine if the NHL didn't completely screw the Wild over from the start and give them what twenty out of the first thirty games on the road, yeah. especially when the Wild just missed the playoffs the year before and were struggling to find an identity. Like you're kind of setting a team up for failure when you're putting them on the road that much. You're not allowing a team to build up momentum and have the home crowd support, which really does make a difference, as you can tell by the difference in the home and away record. Yeah, that was complete BS. Uh, I don't know who was behind that. I don't know if that's Bettman's, you know, you know, like decision to do that stuff. But that was just I'm watching this. I'm looking at the schedule to start the year. I'm like, who the hell makes up this schedule? <laughs> like, what you're putting this team on the road? Like, you can't balance. Like, what what were you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, uh like that makes no sense to me and well, that that's brutal. I, I wrote an article on this uh, a few months back, you know, obviously when the in October when the Wild are playing absolutely horrible and someone replied with actually a great comment and saying like I think that ex NHL players should actually get together with the NHL schedule makers and help them make schedules because it'll help um, it'll help them understand what an NHL player goes through and I that's obviously they're going to say, "Whoa, 20 out of the first 30 on the road, that's kind of ridiculous, you know?" Yeah, and then sometimes they have those games that are like scheduled at like eight o'clock, like Central Time, or mm-hmm. or like um, in Chicago. I know they've had games at like eight p.m. in Chicago, and then there's all those, you know, road trips on the on the West Coast. Well, they go on those road trips on the West Coast, which it makes sense because you try to play three teams in California in like in like a matter of a week. But it's like it's like it's yeah, at, but it would, be, it would be three teams on the West, three or four teams on you know one of the coast, right? And then it would be one game at home, and then another two or three yeah. game road trip, and then one game at home. It just like it, it's kind of was it setting us no up for sense. failure. Um, I want to save know. the Bettman bashing too because uh, believe yeah, me, we're gonna get there weird. in a little bit. But let's just move on. Um, last last time we did a podcast, it was early December. Um. The team was looking really good. Uh, they just won their last two games when we did our podcast right before the Tampa Bay Lightning game, which I think was like, what, the fourth or fifth or something like that. Um, they ended up you know, going 8-6-1 and one throughout the course of December. Jake, do you have any thoughts of what you saw over December or any games that kind of stick out to you? Well, I thought they started off December really well, and they kind of like teetered down, I felt like, a little bit at the end of December. Like, they, like... 
that gross game. Okay, so I uh, Winnipeg losing 6-0. What what the fuck was that? Like what was that? And I almost went to that game and thank God I did and I actually had free tickets to that game. And I actually got sick that day and I was all butt hurt and pissed off that I couldn't go and and then I'm watching it on TV and kind of laughing like Oh, shit. Good thing I didn't go. Like. Well, listen to how inconsistent this is, right? On uh, the 19th, they played, December 19th, they played Arizona Coyotes and, uh, sorry, yep. yeah, the Arizona Coyotes and Taylor Hall. They win 8-5. Yep. to five. The very next Story game, goals. yes, right? The very next game, they play Winnipeg and they get shut out 6-0 to zero at home. That makes no sense. The very next game, they play Calgary and they win three to zero and they shut out Calgary. I, so <laughs> yeah, I, I was at that game, so I, I'm 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 good luck charm or something. I, I don't know. I, I, there was a sign there. Yeah, it's just there was a sign there or something. Like I said uh, in the Minnesota rundown um, plug, make sure if you want weekly wild takes from Jake and I to watch the Minnesota rundown. But um, as I said in the Minnesota rundown, they are consistently inconsistent. The Minnesota Wild, and that's our issue right now. We are what what twenty seventeen and six eight six and one in the month of December. That is that all that it, all that says to me is mediocre. What does that say to you? Oh, the same thing to me. I mean, and just brutally inconsistent. Like you, like you lose the Winnipeg six nothing. Then you beat. Then you go on to beat Calgary three nothing. Then you beat Colorado, who's one of the better teams in the NHL. You beat them six to four. In Colorado, like what the hell, like and then and then you they'll lose to Chicago too. Like Chicago is a, one of the one of the few teams who struggled just as bad as a Wild to start the year, and they can't even you know beat Chicago. Yeah, and and then the last two games to, to end December at home, like oh I'm feeling good about these. They lose to New New York three one and lose to Toronto four one. That's that's getting outscored seven to two in two games after you beat one of the best teams in the NHL in in Colorado. Like what? What the hell? That's so inconsistent, and that record should have been a lot better. They could be in a lot better standing right now. They could be in third place right now in the Central Division and be above a wild card if they if they just would have played a little more consistent to how they were playing, you know, in November when they started ramping up a little bit. Then they like they go back down, and I know they lost Zucker, which doesn't help, but they pretty much have a full roster out there. You know, Spurgeon's come back. And they just there's it's like you don't know what you're gonna get with this team like you don't know when you're going into a game like okay what team's gonna show up tonight well I think during December or... they were short for periods they were without Spurgeon Zucker and Koivu for periods so that does and, and Erickson X and X so that does explain why you know you might struggle a little bit that being said right. you know how are you only scoring one goal you know both of the last two games of the month right how are you getting shut out against Winnipeg you know a completely beatable team. Yeah, I I couldn't tell you. I, I, I it makes no sense to me, Jake. It makes no sense to me, Jake. Let's move on to uh, stats again. Today is what January stats to date. <laughs> it's uh, January seventh today, right? So all these stats yep. are as of January seventh, twenty twenty. Gosh, it's so weird to say twenty twenty now, isn't it? It is. It's it's I, I like my first mistake of the year was putting like nineteen at the year. Um, Ooh, did you fill out some forms there. wrong at work? Well, I mean, well, I, some signatures. Uh, it's fine. It, it, it's fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. It sounds like there are some current issues at your job right now. No, 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 no. no it'll be fine. I, 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 if I'm unemployed in two weeks, it has nothing to do okay, with that. Okay, sounds good. 
Um, obviously, uh, the leading point scorer for us, if you're watching YouTube, uh, the YouTube version of this podcast, we will have all of the stats displayed for you. But um, leading the team in points is Eric Stahl. He was leading the points uh, last, or, you know, um, last time we did the podcast as well last month. 33 points in 43 games. 16 goals, 17 assists, and he scored his 1,000th point in the month of December. Uh, we'll talk more about Eric Stahl later, but who on, uh, you know, who's sticking out to you on the stat sheet here? Um, well, you know, I I really like. I mean, based on how brutally like like those top goal scorers like Stahl, like I do like how Stahl has really you know come about here since. The, knowing how bad of a start he had to the year, a veteran guy like that was just playing terrible. But a guy I like seeing on that list is Kevin Fiala. You know, you know he's playing great lately, has, playing great you know, lately. He's been playing excellent. You know, he, he, he doesn't have 10 goals, but he has, he's, he's been a playmaker on the ice. He's been 16 assists. He's fast. He's looking like we're getting our, you know, you know, some of our money's worth on that Groundland trade, you know, getting a young guy out there, a lot younger than Groundland and, uh, get out there, getting furious, getting feisty out there. I like watching them. And um, well, hey Jake, so listen, so li- listen to this, right? Listen me. to this. Kevin Fiala, thirty-eight games played, twenty-five points. Okay. Granlin this year, thirty-five games played, fourteen points. Maybe yep. Paul Fenton is a fucking genius, and we all owe him an apology. So sh- sh- well, sh- should we go I- back and apologize to him? Well, no, I I don't think so because he was an idiot. But I didn't mind at the time that trade. I think it was a minority opinion. I didn't mind that trade, but in the scheme of things, of trading up a guy like that at that time when you know you could still be a playoff team. But no, 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 no. Screw that guy. <laughs> he he was an idiot. He goes on vacation during free agency. No, we're not giving you an apology, dude. I mean, you just. I mean, he got rid of Niederreiter for Rask, who Rask is. Doing better than expected, but that's besides the point. <laughs> got rid of Niederreiter. He got rid of Coyle for den- I don't know. It's just I don't. I don't think he knew what he was doing, and he doesn't deserve an apology whatsoever. I really liked Luke Cunning lately. He's been playing really great lately as well. Uh, he's been putting up a bunch of points. Um, Jared Spurgeon's playing great, but one of my favorite things is to see right now is Ryan Suter, who's number two on the team in points. In 43 games played, six goals, 24 points, um, or 24 assists, and 30 points. To me, that's just showing that he is earning that huge contract we're giving him. Zach Parise is right below him, 43 games played, 26 points. Um, so, again, they are both earning their money right now. And it does excite me to see Kevin Fiala, number four on the team, and to see Matt Zuccarello, number six on the team. These are players who struggled at the beginning of the season, and they are jumping up in pace. Do you have any last thoughts on kind of the top uh, part of this list here? Um, that uh, well, Matt Zuccarello. I I I was at the bar on Friday night and I saw a guy that looked exactly like Matt Zuccarello. He had like the hair and everything. And um, I was you know I had a few beers in me, so I was uh you know, you know up there a little bit. You're hitting on him because you I thought he was Matt like, Zuccarello. Hey! I was hitting on him totally, a hundred percent. You like, got the hey, beers dude. in you. You got the confidence to would... approach him. Yep, I'm like, wow, Matt Zuccarello. And I actually went up to the guy, I'm like, dude, you look like Matt Zuccarello. He's like, oh, cool, man. He probably didn't even know who the hell he was. But he just kind of looked away, and he just looked pissed. But, I mean, 
it looked like him. Maybe I, I don't know. It, maybe it was maybe it was him, and maybe he was just trying to play play it cool. Before we move to the second part you of the know. list, the last player I want to point out, he is number eleven on the team in points. That is Marcus Fluino or Fluingo Fluino. I think I said it right. I, I have issues with his name for some reason. Yeah, Fluino. Fluino. I hear it every single game. I in my head I think Fluino, but when I say it, I just I'm re, I read it, you know, and it's like I read it Fluingo or whatever, you know. I don't know why. Right. Fluingo, he has been playing great lately. He had two goals in uh, their overtime loss uh, a few days ago to Cal- uh, was it Calgary? Yeah, to Calgary. Um, but he's been putting up a lot more points in December. Moving on to the second part of the list, the 12 through 20 spots on the list. I do like seeing Jordan Greenway there at number 12 with 16 points in 41 games. He's actually starting to put some points up, which he ha- he didn't really do last year. Um, yeah. And it's good. I mean, that's what we need. We need him and uh Donato and Fiala to step up and they all are playing pretty good who do you like on the second part of the list I really do like Jordan Greenway he's a very versatile big fast hard shooting player and he had that uh in our overtime loss on uh on Sunday to um in a shootout to Calgary yeah to Calgary he had that goal that like ricocheted, or not a goal. It was almost. He had like that shot that just ricocheted off the post, but it was shot so hard. It was like in the last four minutes of the game, and it would have been a game, uh, probably a game winner. But he's just been stunning to watch. He's big. He's brutal. He just gets in people's faces, and you know, I, I compare him. He's like a tight end on the ice. You know, he's like a big tight end on the ice, and we, we need that. Carson Sosi. Uh... One of the last guys on the team in points uh, with 10 points. However, in the month of December, he was able to put up uh, eight points. So an eight-point month when he only has 10 points on the season, things are looking up for Carson Sosi. I think he might be finally finding his stride in the NHL. He's been looking really good lately. Koi Wu's come back from injury. He's someone who I want to see more out of. In 31 games, he only has two goals and 11 assists for 13 points. Now, I know he's been hurt, um, and I know he's been playing a little banged up, but if if we're going to start winning some games, Koivu is going to be a big part of that, and he's going to need to step up. Um, yeah, I yeah, 100% agree. Yep. yep. One, do you it's have true. any? Do you Nothing have any last uh, any last notes on this list here, Jake? Well, I mean that Car- Carson Sushi's impressed me. I mean he's uh, he's he's a good depth defenseman that we that we needed someone to step up down there. You know, we just especially if like Dumba's trailing a little bit. He's been a big guy, but, uh, you know, Miko Kuivu, he's a veteran presence on this team, and we need more of that guy, you know, just 100%. You know, we need we need more. That's it. Nothing else to it. He needs to get out there and be a captain, be a leader on the ice. And it's not Felino. Bubba, I'm sorry. It's not Felino who's the captain. It's Miko. Um, one last note on the list here. Brad Hunt does have more points than Matt Dumba. Brad Hunt has 15 points, Dumba has 13, Hunt has 7 goals, and Dumba only has 3. Now, I don't want to compare, like, you know, two teammates and stuff like that, but Dumba's making a but lot of are. money, and Brad Hunt's not making that much money. Um, Matt Dumba, last year, before he went down, was one of the highest-scoring def- I think he was the highest-scoring defenseman in the league before he broke his hand uh, in a fight against Calgary. Seeing him with only three goals in 43 games is a little bit disappointing, um, and only 13 points is also kind of uh, a little bit disappointing, you know? Yeah, same, I, I, like I said at the beginning of the year when, like, Brad Hunt was at one point our leading point scorer, it just, it just, it just kind of it pisses me off for some reason. It, and it's just like right now that he's beating Matt Dumba and, like, even Miko Koivu, it just pisses me off. Like Brad <laughs> you don't Hunt like the Bemidji dude doing good? 
I mean, I mean, I like him. He, he's a furious, nice guy. I mean, he puts 100% out there. He has a kind of hard shot. But, I mean, I did not like last year when Fenham brought him on and literally put him out as almost like a first-string defenseman or second-string defenseman. And now I think that, like, it's like it got to his head. I, I, something about him, I feel like he, some ego has got to his head. Like, oh, I'm on the wild now. Dude, you're only on here because Fenton got you on here, and now we're stuck with you. That's it. I'm sorry. Are you honestly not liking Brad Hunt? Dude, I love the dude. He's making 800K hey. a year. He's outperforming a lot of hey. our other defensemen. He has seven goals, 15 points, and like he's making 800K. Like He's just playing good. Get out of here, Jake. Get out of here. That 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 That's why they're keeping him because he's so cheap. Like, yeah. He's got to sit. Okay, Here's the thing. I, I agree. Well, he was used. Uh, he was not used correctly last year. But I think this year they have it down. Uh, they they play him as a third line defenseman yeah. this year. But they put him on the number one power play unit because of his shot. And I I like exactly. I like that. And that's why yeah. Brad Hunt's been able to perform. I think last year Brad Hunt was put in a position to fail. Um, but he should not be ahead of Matt Dumba in points. But he is. That's he is. And I appreciate it. Great job, Braddy. Jake. You know what? But it I'm, I'm not going to call you um, a player expert, a skater expert, okay? But you, you yourself were a goaltender. Believe it or not, do you, rem- do you rem- net mind. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember your days as a goaltender growing up? Not at all. Okay. Well, anyways, I want your goaltending expertise right now, okay? I want you to talk about the three goalies the Minnesota Wild have played regularly this season. Quick note, uh, Devin Dubnik is not traveling with the team on their upcoming road trip um, because his wife is going through a procedure, and he's going to stay with her. Thoughts and prayers with the Dubnik family. So, Jake, let's hear your thoughts on these three goalies. Well, first off, I want to say, you know, I'm glad Devin Dubnik came back this month. I personally did not think he was going to be back uh, this month. A mix of good and poor games. Yeah, you know, with his dilemma with his yeah with his wife, but he came back with a little bit of surprise. Um, he came back like he he came back before before he left. You know, before he left, he did not look good. He came back with a little more burst of energy. He looked like he was getting back to kind of his older Devin Dubnik self that was being a little more consistent, that was making some saves. He looked like he was more confident out there, and we saw that. I think he came in. You know, as he, his record now is eight ten and two, and I think when he left. To, you know, go with his wife. He was like four, eight, and two. Now he's he's he stepped it up. I think he won four games there in December, and and he didn't play all December. So I think he's really stepped it up, and he's been looking more like himself. And then of course Stalock's had some good games, but then he's had some, you know, really poor games. And uh, but he's he's been holding strong. I think Stalock he just lacks that size a little bit. So when a team is coming down and pounding the shots hard. And he's creating rebounds. If, if rebounds are being given up, he's easy to score on. You know what's what's and uh, that's what's happening. Yeah, he uh, Stalock. Uh, he's a smaller goalie, but he's athletic, right? Um, it just he is. He's athletic and very yeah. Quick. It's you know it's interesting because uh, for the you wouldn't have thought this at the beginning of the year, but uh, Stalock and Dubnik have actually started the same amount of games, and they played the same amount of games. They both started nineteen games. Stalock has a record of nine wins, six losses, and then three OTL overtime losses. And Dubnik is eight ten and two, right? So Stalock is playing better, um, which you never would have thought. But Devin Dubnik is like I can't even imagine what he's going through. His uh, soulmate is going through a lot right now. Uh, the mother of his children is going through a lot right now. And I mean, I just hope everything gets figured out. Uh, that's that's way more important than hockey. 
Some, but you know, I'm super excited about the 23 year old Capo Kakinen, right? I, I know you are too, right? No, no, oh. I'm just kidding. No, I, I'm just kidding. I, I like the guy. I, I think I think it's good to have a younger goalie on the team. Other than these, you know, I like Stalak and Dubnik and stuff, but they're they're aging. They're getting older, and to have a young goaltender is a little um, refreshing. And to come out there and and he's played. You know, he's five five or no three one and one. I'm reading the games played and games <laughs> yeah, started. Three one and one. He's he, he's three one and one on. When he in in the five games he started and and with he's, a very respectable uh, you know nine one three save percentage and two nine six goals against average. Yeah, he has a lower goals against average than our two main starters. Although he, I, I should say it in a more of scientific terms, he hasn't had a huge sample size of games compared to Alex Stalock and Devin Dubnik. So maybe the goals allowed are going to naturally be a little higher because they play more games, so the chances of letting in more goals is higher. But still, after five games, he's allowed under three goals a game. He has a 9-1-3 save percentage, and he's been looking very solid. And I've been very impressed with the guy. And I'm very optimistic to what what his future is going to be here at the Wild if they don't go out and, you know, I mean, he very well could be the starter here after Devin Dubnik. I mean, we don't know yet. I think they don't know what they want to do with him yet, but he's uh, looking – He's, he's it's refreshing to have a young goalie and he's been coming up and he's been playing well i know he had that game against uh i think it was against tampa bay at the beginning of december and he looked very good down there he looks comfortable in the net and he's a he's a he's a good young talent back there nice job young man if you had to make a quick guess of uh of the goalie situation next year it'll be devin dubnik's last year next year um what, what's going on next year who's starting Who's in the minors? What do you see going on? Well, if Devin Dubnik is here next year, he also sorry before I you think... before you say anything. He also is he has a less of a base. He only has a two point five million base hit this year, which is less than any other uh, year. Or you know, in twenty uh, twenty twenty to twenty twenty one, it'll be his least expensive year. Okay. Well, I mean, see, I think. Yeah, it's it's a it's like if they keep him. I know I've I've said a lot on the past episodes about whether or not. They're going to keep Devin Dubnik, and it's going in a trajectory where I think they will end up keeping him. But, you know, if they do keep him, I think he will, at least to start the year, be the starting goal, the starting netminder once more. Um, but, I mean, I think I think they'll at least start him at the beginning of the year, and they'll see where it goes and see if he can still be consistent, still see if he can be good enough to compete in this league and be a starter in net. But we'll have to go from there. They'll have to go from there. I think they'll start with him, definitely. But I think if he starts going downward, they might put in Kakadin to see maybe if that guy's going to be the future of the franchise. So a few weeks ago, I wrote an article imploring the National Hockey League to bring the Winter Classic to Minnesota. They yeah. must have heard me. They must have rallied around it because, uh, you know, they ended up coming to Minnesota. Uh, Gary Bettman, uh, during an interview during the 2020 Bridgestone NHL Winter Classic, had this to say. The Bridgestone NHL Winter Classic is about taking hockey back to its outdoor roots. And there is no better place to celebrate the incredible strength surrounding our game than in Minnesota. Okay. Batman can fuck off. If there's no better place to celebrate it than Minnesota, why has it not been in Minnesota? Yeah, exactly. Why does it take 13 years to come to fucking Minnesota? Dude, this is the state of hockey. That's what I don't get. This is this team um this state produces more American NHL hockey players than any other state and it's not even close, okay? Not even close. Not even close, so, folks. 
so I think this is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, if you even, you know, the fucking Minnesota wild anthem, right? Like, like we were raised with a stick and a pair of blades on the ice. We cut our teeth. I mean, if that whole entire song, (laughs) that whole entire song literally describe embodies what Batman wants the winter classic to embody. Right. Right. I mean, just listen to listen to these emotional lyrics, right? Um, this sport was here before we came. It'll be here when, when we're, we're gone. gone. <laughs> the game's in our blood, and our blood's in the, the blood's game. Blood's in the game. <laughs> yeah, it's a great song. Lay us down under a frozen pond. We will fight to the end. We will stand and defend our flag flying high and free. Until we were we born the child the of the strong and wild in the state, the state of hockey. That the, the fucking anthem alone, which was made in like the year two thousand, embodies the uh, embodies the winter classic and everything that it needs. But what has the NHL been doing? They've been taking it to Dallas. They've been they're putting it in California. Taking it out east. It's like reward, reward. Reward, you know, Minnesota. Reward the state that's producing the most American NHL talent um, in no, a Minnesota league that is... no hockey. In... <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, do you no, have any thoughts true. on the... I mean, do you have any thoughts on the Winter Classic? It's going to be coming here uh, January 1st, 2021 at Target Field. No opponent's been announced yet, though. Yeah, I mean, I... I... I mean, Bettman's just, it's, he's full of shit when he's saying that. He's like, no better place than bodies hockey. Sounds like a politician. It's like, dude, if you really thought that, you should have brought it here in 2010 when we built Target Field. I had heard these talks that the NHL was going to maybe bring it here back when they built Target Field as they're starting to bring, because the Winter Classic was starting to get popular then. It started in like 07 or whatever. And they were bringing it to outdoor baseball fields. Like, I know they brought it to Fenway or whatever out in the East Coast. And, if you were going to bring it, if you, if this state embodies so much of what you're talking about, Mr. Bettman, why didn't you bring it here like eight years ago when Target Field was brand new and there was a lot of hype? and Or even you could have brought it to TCF Bank Stadium when that stadium was new like 10 years ago. So that's what I don't get. And it just, it it's irritating. Exactly. And, um, you know, I, I just want to end with one last thing here with uh, the Winter Classic. I know the Dallas Stars... And, I, and I've said this in uh, the most recent Minnesota rundown, but I know the Dallas Stars, stars, they own the North Stars rights. They own the name. They own the logo. They know they, they own all of that. Right. But Thanks, it would Norm be Green. it would be. Yeah. Fuck Norm Green. It would be a travesty if the Wild could not rock some North Stars jerseys. How sick would that be with the uh, Parisi rocking an old North Stars J just like his old man? You know, I think that'd be great, but it, it, they're going to they're going to. I don't think they would even have a chance to do that because I think frickin' Dallas would come and say, "Oh, you can't use it. That's that's our name." I'm, I'm saying, like, I'm, oh, I know, I know. Da- Dallas guys. definitely could be bitches about it, but I'm saying like the Wild and the NHL, they have to work together on this. This is beyond some. Own, I mean, give the give the stars yeah. give the stars um, like majority of the profits, right? Or split it, right? I don't care. Like, like, like find yeah, a I way know. to make. Like, Dallas isn't making money off it. Like, how much more money would they make if they have a whole new set of North Stars jerseys for the Winter Classic, right? That'd be, they I think that'd be incredible. They didn't wear North Stars jerseys in their Winter Classic this year. <laughs> They're not using it. I know, but yet yet they, they try to claim it's part of their history. Like, they up in their rafters, they have, like, old North Stars player cards up there, uh, player banners of North Stars. Like, they're trying to take our history. It's completely bullshit. Like, so it's like, we should be able to do that without without there being any issues. And it's, it's technically our history in our state, so I think that'd be incredible. Incredible if they did that and if they found a way to do it. Agreed. 
Let's move on to Eric Stahl. He scored his 1,000th point on December 15th. If you're watching the YouTube version, Jake is going to have uh, one of our tweet, um, 10,000 takes tweet the night that he that he uh, he scored a beautiful power play goal one timer. So you're going to be able to see his goal. Um, I just really want to quickly go over the career of Eric Stahl. He's played 1,217 games, 433 goals, 574 assists for 1,007 points. It's kind of. I just want to have a discussion with you, Jake. What does a thousand points mean in today's National Hockey League, which is known as more of the low-scoring era compared to the past? Well, I think it's. I, to be honest, I that that achievement kind of creeped up on me uh, for Eric Stahl. I mean, it makes sense because he's been in the league so long, but it's it doesn't come very often. I feel like it doesn't. You don't see it very often with a lot of players, even players that have been in the league longer. No, I mean it, with one thousand and seven points, he is eighty seventh yeah. all time in the NHL in points, and he's also yep. seventy. That's insane. He's seventy first all time in goals scored, like all time. Yeah. This is all time in the NHL. That's and that's I had no like yeah. like when I think Eric Stahl I think yeah. of a, I do think of a great hockey player but I like I never top I never in those categories. exactly never not a top one hundred NHL player especially with all the great names that have come before him and the hundred plus year history of the NHL. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Some people might think that that's a lot of players like to be seventy first. Oh well, there's seventy players above you. Well, you got to think like yeah, this this league's been around for a, a little over a hundred years. Imagine all the players that have come and played, and he's exactly. one of he's in the top one hundred. That is incredible, like amazing. And and he's been he's he did it here in Minnesota, and I know he had a great career, obviously in Carolina. But I'm just glad he's a part of our team. And I just remember at the beginning of the year, people were really doubting him and how he was playing, but he's really up. Jake, his game we both were. I, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> But it was suitable for him now to come back like this and prove all his critics wrong this year to start the year and get his a thousand a thousandth point, and it was incredible to watch. It really was. I mean, he's a Stanley Cup champion. He's an Olympic gold medalist. He played on the top line with Crosby and Jerome Ginla, for God's sakes. He's a World Hockey Championship gold medalist. He's a six-time All-Star and a 2008 All-Star Game MVP. Um, the stats are there. I'm not sure if the awards are there for Eric Stahl. Um but, I mean, a Stanley Cup champion and the Olympic gold medalist, like, those are the two highest team uh, team awards that you can win as a team um, in the sport of hockey. So, in terms of team success, he has had the best, you know, some of the greatest team success ever. Yeah. So, yeah. so here's the question. I mean, he's... The stats, um, the, do the stats and the awards justify the Hall of Fame for Eric Stahl? I think so, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, a lot of a lot of players that you know I go for, are in the conversation to make the Hall of Fame or even make the Hall of Fame. Some have never even, you know, even won a championship, and he did that. And you know, as a younger player in Carolina, almost an impo- you would think an impossible place to even have a a hockey team, and they won it there. And he was a big part of that back in '06, and he's still playing. He's still going strong, and you know he's. I think his resume speaks for itself. I think he should highly be considered to be a Hall of Famer. And I know maybe people that might be a lot for some people because they don't look at it now. But I think in five years or a few years after he retires, people will look back and be like, you know, he was a damn good player. You know, I, I think he deserves to you know, at least get consideration to join the Hall of Fame. 
Yeah, he should at least get the consideration. The question is, was he good or was he great? And the difference, you know, is the Hall of Fame, obviously. Um, I'm going to go with, I, I think he's going to make the Hall of Fame. Um, and I do, I think he's not going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer by any stretch. But if you just look at the longevity of his career, that's when I'm going to start saying that, yeah, I mean, this dude was great. Uh, this dude is. This dude used to put up uh, in 2008, 2009. He's put up 40 goals, and 05, 06, he put up 45 goals. But like again, after 08, 09, he didn't have another 40 goal season for let's see how many years here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, for another ten, uh, nine years, and before he or ten years so before he, he came to the Wild and scored 42 goals. Yeah, and he becomes the team's leading point scorer after he got traded to New York the season before and only put up six points in 20 games. It's like I, his longevity has been unreal. Um, in Minnesota, the last four years, which has been you know the latter part of his career, he's put up 226 points in 288 games. I mean, what? The dude's 36 years old. Um, he's only been with the Wild since he was uh, 32, uh, 33 maybe. And I mean, the dude's been killing it. Yeah, I've been I've been impressed with him. And you know, when when they when we signed him back in you know a few years back, I was like, oh yeah, he's one of the stall guys. He was kind of like a, a name you remember seeing, hearing about, you know, back on Carolina. Like he was on the cover of NHL. Well, he was on like the and yeah, yeah, I was about to say that he was on the cover of so NHL with of, his uh, big ass yeah, helmet. Yeah, you know, back like ten plus years ago, he was kind of that the household NHL name with Crosby. And again, like you just knew the name Stall. You didn't maybe know exactly who it was, but you knew the name Stall. So when he was coming to the Wild, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. This is Eric Stall, one of those Stall guys, and. He's been quite impressive. I'm, I'm happy to have had him on our team. Mm-hmm. And who knows how many more points he's going to score. Uh, he's already leading the team in points this year, and he still is signed through next year. Um, considering that the Wild, you know, keep it up and they don't go into tank mode and they don't trade Eric Stahl, um, there's going to be some fun, uh, um, you know, some fun stuff to look forward to in his future in terms of NHL history. Yep, I cannot wait. Let's move on to everybody's favorite segment, the Wild Takes segment. It's time for Wild Takes. Let's go. I'm pumped. Jake, you, I know you just love the Wild Takes segment, don't wild you? Wild Takes. Well, here at the Wild Takes podcast, Jake, I, Jake and I and Bubba, we play a game called the over-under game. Yeah. Um, the, game is, the game is played pretty simply. Like, uh, I... I um, we'll offer a situation like let's say Brad Hunt will score two goals over the next seven games. Um, it's up to Jake, Bubba, and I to then say if the number is going to or if the number he's actually going to get is going to be over or under, right? So if we think it's going to be more than two goals, we say over. If we think it's going to be two or under, we say under. Um, we have all those scenarios. We do it for a whole month. Um, at the end of the month, we tag up how many we got right, and we keep track. Um, this month was our second month, so the scoreboard currently is going to sit with me, Zane, in last place. Journalist Jake is in second place with eight points, and Bubba is currently leading with ten points. Now, here's my theory on why Bubba is leading Jake. Yep. He just... He just chooses the pessimist, a pessimistic view on every single wild player, and then he just chooses like they're all gonna suck, and uh, like because of that, um, because he has that mentality, he's winning because me and you are kind of being like fans, and we're like, oh, he can do it, we can get this many points, he can get this many goals, and we get like you know excited, and we we firmly believe these players can do it, um, and you know they just can't because we, we you know our hearts are a little bit bigger than than their play, than you know the player is actually playing, and uh, 
Maybe we've got to start caring less. Yeah. Maybe we've got to stop being fans. Our hearts are a little bit bigger than our brains, you know, when it comes to the wild. And, uh... Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's exactly what that, that's exactly why he's he's winning. He's a very pessimistic man about Minnesota sports, and he's just saying, "Nope, I'm doing this way." Or he's going in disagreement with me. If he f- somehow finds out about what way I'm gonna go over under, he's gonna do the opposite because he likes disagreeing with me. So I don't know if I don't know if it has something to do with that. But he is winning right now. But still, a long way to go. Still, a long way to go, Bubs. Okay, so there are seven games uh, remaining in the month of January. They got, like, the All-Star game at the end of the month and stuff, so they're taking, you know, they take some time off. There are not many games left in the month. By far the least amount of games we've ever done for the over-under. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So, again, I'm going to present a scenario. Uh, the first category is going to be goals. Uh, the very first player is going to be Eric Stahl, who's leading the team in points. Over the next seven games, uh, I set the over-under number at three. So, again, if you choose the over, it's anything over three. But the under, it can be the stated number or under, right? So it could be three itself. You choose under. So, Jake, what do you got for Eric Stahl over the next seven games? Do you see him getting over three goals? Let me see here. So over the next seven games, I see him getting over three goals. I'm going to take the over on that one. Yep, I'm going to take the over. I I, I think that's a little ballsy, but... I'm gonna I'm gonna do the Bubba method on this, and I'm just gonna be the pessimistic guy. And that I love Stahl. I hope he does score that much, and I'd be glad, uh, you know, to put my foot in my mouth. Uh, but I'm gonna go with the Bubba method here because I got to catch up. I'm in last place, you know. Might work. Might work. Um, let's go to uh, Matt Zuccarello. Unreal month of December. Um, in the last um, 13 games of December, he put up nine points. Great job by him. I currently got goals for him at set at two. So in the next seven games, over under number two, what do you think? Ooh, this a little, uh, um, you know what? I'm going to go over on this one as, as well. I, I think, a uh, double over for Jake to start off the game. Double over. It doesn't happen very often, I don't think. <laughs> Why are you choosing Zuck? I don't know. He, he just, uh, he's impressed me lately. And I saw him, I, I, I saw, you know, obviously his lookalike at the bar and he's, uh, He's got he's got a good flow. I mean, I think that was a sign for you. That, that's that why you have to sign, go with it. I gotta go with it. I think he's gonna keep scoring here, and uh, I think he's gonna do well. I'm gonna go with the over with you as well. Um, Bubba has gone for the under for the last two, without it being said. You know what, Jake? I don't care if you win, but we just can't have Bubba win. We can't. He's not on the podcast. He's not on the podcast enough for uh, for him to be winning this. Yeah, he's, he's missed the last sick. two. Come on, Bubba. Yeah, he's he, he can't even talk like he or, or like he yeah he can't I, what I mean like yeah he can't even talk for if he wants to like disagree with us or anything because he's not even on the podcast he's apparently sick tonight which is completely BS because the kid's been sick for the last three years he's always has a cough or something I don't know it's ridiculous he might get mad at you if he hears this I don't care I want I want him to hear it I want him to hear it then he can just complain about me on the Bubba breakdown because that's what always happens I get to him too Jumba. much. <laughs> Dumba, who has uh, three goals this whole year so far. I have uh, the over-under number set for goals with him at one. So do you think he's going to get over one goal in the next seven games or no? <sighs> I'm going to have to go with my instinct on this one. Over. A triple over to start off the fucking game. I think he's going to get at least two goals. He's gonna. He's got to start getting up here at some point, and I, th- I think it's gonna be this month. We'll see. 
Yeah, see, I'm a fan of trends, and I'm not sure why, because it's like, it's a new game every single game, and I'm just looking at historical data, so I'm like, I don't know, Dumba's only scored three goals the whole year, you know, how, how, like, how is he going to score more than that, or how is he going to score more than one in the next seven? But then when I start thinking like that, the players always seem to fucking pull it off, right? But I'm going with the Bubba method. I'm going with the under, and my only reason for doing this is because Bubba chose the over. So I wanted to be different than you guys. I want I need to gain some points, and you guys are both leading me, so I'm hoping that this is my key of gaining a point on both of you fuckers. Yeah, that's how you gain the points. Is you sometimes just have to look at who's picking what, and then you just pick against. It's just, even if you truly don't, feel that way you got to take some risks that way you know yes sir a player who's been playing hot lately luke coonan a nice young up-and-comer for the minnesota wild i have the goals set for him for two over the next seven games so do you think he's going to score over two goals in the next seven games i honestly think he's going to be i honestly think he's going to score two goals exactly so i'm going to have to go up the under i just don't think all of them can be over I just don't I think all of them I can know. be over. I was about to say if you fucking put up the, uh, if you put up the over right now, that'd be the first ever four overs in a row, and it'd probably only like lead to one being right because that's just how it goes. Yeah, I know. Just how it goes. Um, Bubba chose the under just like you. So just like before, um, we only have two more months of this, two or three more months of this game left. So I need to start. Uh, we only do a show a month of this thing, so I need to start actually gaining some uh, gaining on you guys. So I'm gonna go over. Okay. Uh, come on, Coonan. I'll feel it. I'll, I'll start popping it. some for uh, for Wags here. Carson Sosi, unbelievable month of December. Four points, four assists. Sorry, sorry, four goals, four assists, eight points in the month of December. Great job for a defenseman. Do you think he's going to keep it going? I got the points set that he's going to get two or is two points over the next seven games. So do you think he's going to get more than two points over the next seven games? Um... I think he, he got eighth in uh, the fourteen yeah. game or the thirteen games gonna, in December. I think I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna go over that. I think he'll create some plays, create some opportunities, get a couple assists, few assists, and maybe a goal. You never know. I think he'll be over. Sounds good. I uh, gosh, like I said, I'm a fan of trends. Do I keep it going? Bubba's going with the under. Um, Pessimist. I know. I'm going to go with the over, man. I just like how he's been playing lately. How can you not like yeah. it? I just feel like he's really found his stride in the NHL finally. He has. He's been looking extremely good. He's he's, he's a UMD guy, I believe, and he's uh, uh, he's adapting well. Uh, the player on the team with the most heart, Marcus Fuino. Uh, uh, two points over the next seven games. Do you think he's going to get over that or under it? He's been playing hot lately. Um, he got two goals in their last game. So do you think he's going to get two points over the next seven games? Well, of course, I see Bubba went on the over. I don't think he can choose again. That's the only time you'd ever go on the over if it has anything to do yeah. with his boy. Yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah. You see that? It, it literally, it's, it's, it's funny. He's only optimistic about Felino and thinks he should get the C and all that. Um, you know, I mean, just two points. So he'd have I'm to get take... three if you go over. Yeah, he'd have to get three points over the next seven games. I mean. I think he will. I'll take the over on that. Sounds I think he good. will. Yeah. You know, I like uh, Fluino. Uh, God, I hate saying this fucking name. Marcus Fluino. <laughs> um, uh, Marcus. 
<laughs> he does uh, he does play with heart. He's going into the corners hard. He's not afraid to drop the gloves. And, uh, you know, he kept us in the game, uh, our last game against Calgary. That being said, I haven't uh, – he's not consistent enough for me to give him three points over the next seven games. I'm going with the under. Makes sense. R- Ryan Donato, three points I have set for him. Uh, so that means he'd have to get four if you're choosing the over. He's been another player that's been hot. So if you haven't noticed, uh, I put nothing but hot players in the points because I want to see if they can keep it up and I want to see what we choose. So what do you got for Ryan Donato? You know, he's a player that I I, I don't think, you know, he's a player like if I, if I have a gut instinct on it, I don't think he will get over three points. But I want to see him get over three points, so I want to cheer for him. Yeah. And I want to have something extra to cheer for when I'm watching the Wild. So I'm going to go with the over on this one. I want to cheer over. for him. Yep, I want to cheer for him. I want him to get points. I don't want to sit there and be like, ah, no, 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 no score that, Ryan. I want he, him to do well. He has so, 13 points in uh, 40 games. His, yeah, you can, watching him is weird, though, because there, there are those games where he's not on the score sheet, but, like, he's been around the yeah. net all night. Um, and he's been super close to getting it. Um, I think he's like a year or two away from finding the scores touch. I really do. Um, he has some great hands, if you haven't noticed either. Um, that being said, yeah. four points uh, over the next seven games when he's only gotten 13 in the year. I'm a fan of trends, but watch me be wrong. I'm going to be, again, I'm going with the Bubba method, like I said. I, I got to try to do something since I've been losing so much. So uh, I'm going with the under. Last Works uh, for me. last part of the over under game, and then we'll move on here. Not much, le- not much of the podcast left. Um, let's do team wins, okay? I got the Minnesota Wild. I got team wins set at three. So, do you believe they're going to be over three wins or three wins or under? Ooh. Okay. Eight, six, and one in I December, mean, and I think like seven and two ish in uh, the month before. I think they're going to surge up a little bit. I, I'm going to go with the over. I think they'll go at least four and three, or get four wins in their next seven games. Um, I'm going to be a homer just like uh, you, and I'm going to say over. And Bubba actually thinks the Minnesota Wild are going to win surprised. more than three. I know. Normally he's always like, they, they suck. He's always very negative. Well, but, uh, based on his unders, if the players go under what he's saying, we probably won't get more than three wins. So that doesn't make any sense. It's like... I know, yeah, like all the star or a lot of star players, and then all the hot players, and he's like under for all of them. But no, we're gonna win over. Yeah. We're gonna win four out of the seven. Because Flino's gonna score them all. You know what? Uh, funny if at the, if you look at our last December results um, for goals, it was Hunt, Fiala, and Suter were the three guys we chose. They all scored two goals in the month of December. Really? Yeah, I thought that was funny. And also, uh, team wins. Uh, they got exactly six, and that was our over under number. Um, taking you can Damn. there's overtime losses in there too. I mean there was opportunities to move that number to right. seven, but mm-hmm. me and you chose the over. Bubba chose the under, and since it was at fucking Just six, one game, and that's why Bubba leads you by two, and he leads me by four now. <sighs> that mother trucker. We're almost over, like I said. Let's give out an award quick. Let's uh, do a December Player of the Month award. For me, it's a no-brainer. It's Carson Sosi. Dude only had two points coming into December, and he left December, or he scored four goals and got four assists for eight points in the month of December. Um, dude's been playing unreal. He was plus three coming into the month. He ended the month with a plus 12, or he was plus 12 throughout the whole month of December. So um, 
just great job by Carson Sosi, someone who's not done much um, in his NHL career. I mean, he stood up. He's always stood up for the boys. That's always fun to see. He's always like a gamer. He's always there to play, and he is a stout defensive defenseman. But to see him hit a scoring stride, this is awesome to see. Um, I chose the over for him for points, so hopefully he can keep it up. Who's your December Player of the Month? Yeah, as much as I love the locks of Matsukarello, I have to go with Devin Dubnik. Um, for my player of the month is he came back. I, surprisingly, I thought he wasn't going to come back with the rate he was m- missing games. Um, but he came back in December, and and I believe he went 4-2 and in a stretch back, and he had some good games, and, uh, you know, he looked surprisingly good. And for him to come back after dealing with so much with his wife and to come out and have some solid games and look, kind of looking like his old self, I got to give it to him. Got to give him props. And um, to come out in that, you know, with that on his mind, he did a good job for for what he walked into. So I give it to Devin Dubnik. Very good award. Uh, shout out to Devin Dubnik. And shout out to the goalies under him who are keeping us actually close to a playoff spot. We're going to end the day with brilliant hot takes here. Hot takes that only come true 25% of the time, but we're still out here trying. Probably less than that. My very... <laughs> it comes through more than that. That's true. Um, uh, my very first hot take is that... Um, I think this is going to be a hot take to you anyways, Jake, and I think it's a hot take given the salaries and given the expectations. But Brad Hunt, um, after the month of January, will still have more points than Matt Dumba. That's my very first hot take. What, what about you, bud? Um, I very much disagree. Um, I, 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 my hot take is I don't want Brad Hunt to get as many po- more points or whatever at the end of January. Anything involving more points with Brad Hunt just pisses me off. But um, I guess I guess in all seriousness, um, I think one of my primary hot takes uh, to go, I guess heading into January would probably I, I think uh, I don't know. I mean, I look at like I, I think I think Zucker's going to come back from his injury, and he should be coming back here soon, shouldn't he? That's the worst predict hot take ever. Of course he's well, coming back well, from his injury, Well, well listen, you, I didn't finish it. <laughs> he's going to come back from his injury, and he's going to be the leading scorer for the month for the Wild. He would be the leading scorer. He's going to come back on fire, and he's going to be very good. He's going to be angry. He's going to be hungry. So are you talking about in February? He's going, to lead the, he's going to lead the Wild yep. in February points? Whatever month okay. he comes back. I think it's going to be February. I think he'll well, four lead. to six. He got his surgery uh, December seventeenth. Four to six weeks. So the soonest he'd come back is at the end of January. So he wouldn't lead the team in points for the month. But let's say February. Let's do February. I think February for the month of February, that that could be very fair. He'll be rested up. I mean, hopefully, I mean he's going to be with a professional rehabbing and professional training crew, you know, to get him back. Hopefully, oh, um, the time off will be nice for him and give him fresher legs for down the stretch and give him a boost. I mean, last year was very underwhelming for him, but this year he's definitely stepped it up. I mean, he's missed half of December and he's still like you know third or fourth in the team in points you know so that's in, that's yeah that's insane like <laughs> my second and la- final hot take for me for the day is that uh the trade deadline in 2020 is going to be february 24th i think bill Guerin makes a move before february 10th i don't know if that move's going to be um getting an extra player for a playoff run or if if it's clear by then the wild aren't a contender and he's going to be giving you know assets away for draft uh capital but uh, that's my hot, hot take that February 10th, I think Bill Guerin will have made a decision and will have pulled the trigger. He's been awfully quiet, a lot more quiet than people thought since he's come in. He's, 
you know, re-signed Fiala. He's re-signed Spurgeon. Um, he's been to Russia a lot to talk to Kirill Kasparov or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, February 10th, I think that's a good timeline for to see um, Bill Guerin make his first big move as an NHL GM. Yeah, I mean, he's been yeah he's been brutally quiet. I think he's waiting for something, and that's uh, something I was thinking about over the course of, like, this past week. And I guess that's... He's just waiting for it to be more clear, you know, waiting for the, like, like to see, like, like if the Wild win a few or lose a few. I mean, this next, this January stretch here, the end of the season here, is going to be pretty, pretty, like, determine a lot. The end of January here is going to determine a lot in terms of a lot of players on this team future. Exactly. And I, I honestly, I think this is kind of my hot take, too. I, cause I've been thinking about this over the last week, and I think, I don't know if he's going to pull a trigger before the 10th, but I think right now Bill Guerin has somebody in mind right as we speak that he is looking at, targeting, and ready to start making offers here in the next, you know, or thinking about an offer potentially, and he will be making a hard go-to offer for a guy by February, by that trade deadline, and he has a, like I said, he has a player in mind. He's going to go after him hard by that deadline. I think we're going to see something happen. Could, I uh, think something's going to happen. This is just me shooting the shit here with you. Do you Could you see a situation where he says, hey, this is a good team, but I need a solid number one goalie, and he goes after a goalie? Um, Do you see any situation where that's possible? I, I, I guess, I mean, if you look at it, if there's any possibility, I think I think there is a couple of situations that it, it could be possible. I don't think it's literally in the front of his mind, but if, if something comes up where there's a goalie that – you know, is on a last year in a contract or we could get mm-hmm. the goalie for not a very high, you know, cheaper price. And they're a talented goaltender and they're not going to be there next year. Or they want out. Well, I'm just thinking also I mean, al- along the lines of uh, whatever Dubnik's wife's got going on, they've been doing tests and tests and tests and they can't figure it out. Right. So it's something pretty scary and pretty serious. Um, and Dubnik is going to be obviously distracted. Um, we still got a season to play here. I mean, Dubnik obviously take his time and, get his family life right and and his you know private life right um and be with his family like he needs he should take and he is deserving to take all the time off for that but there still is a season going on for the minnesota wild right do you trust uh alex daylock and do you trust capo kakinen to lead you down a playoff run and that's the question i don't know yeah that's the question is like i I could definitely i could actually see like you know alex daylock being that hot goaltender that could lead us to a playoff run, but is he a Stanley Cup caliber goalie is another question. Probably not, but... The one, the one thing about the playoffs, too, though, I guess, is like it's all about streakiness. There's been very average yep. goalies Streaky. play super hot, and their team has made it to the uh, finals because of it, right? Or you'll have someone come out of nowhere, yep. like uh, last year, St. Louis uh, Blues goalie... Uh, Jordan Bennington. Exactly. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think if, if it depends on, I guess... If you look at it that way, and where Dubnik's at, I think we gotta wait maybe another few weeks to see how that, uh, you know, pans out a little more to see where his wife is at and see if he's gonna be missing more games or more time. I definitely think Bill Guerin will be considering it if there's a goalie available, if the right place is available. But I, I, I think he is actually comfortable right now, um, with with Dubnik being gone. I think he is comfortable right now with Stalock and Kakinen. Um, but I mean, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to see how it all unravels in the next month, I guess, for him to at least even remotely consider, um, making a move for a goalie. I think he's more in the market thinking of maybe another guy to add to our, our, you know, 
another goal scorer that we possibly add to some of our hot players that are getting hot. So, I don't know. This has been another episode of the Wild Takes Podcast. We are sponsored by 10,000 Takes, where the weather is cold enough so we don't need cold takes. I want to leave uh, leave the audience with a parting thought, Jake, before we go. Parting vibe or parting by? <laughs> thought. Parting thought. Oh, wow, I was way off. My parting thought is, well, I think my last time was like, keep your stick on the ice. But you know what? Keep your stick off the ice. Let's get aggressive. Let's start hitting players up top, okay? You can't always keep it on the ice. I mean, that's impossible. Get aggressive. Get going. Sometimes you need to lift the stick up, chip the player a little bit in the chin. You know, I mean, the ref doesn't have to see it. You know, just get a little aggressive with it. Don't always keep your stick on the ice. I don't, don't condone. I don't condone what you're saying. But I'm Wegs for journalist Jake and uh, for yeah. wherever Bubba is. This has been another episode of the Wild Takes podcast. Thanks for listening. See you.